Oh, and remember, next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. The AT&T Byron Nelson Championship, cut line, gonna break it down. breaks down to Byron Nelson. This is a tournament with a massive amount of history, but limited data analysis due to a recent venue change last year was the first time that this tournament was played at the Lynx-style Trinity Forest Golf Club in Dallas, Texas. Now understanding how this course plays is key to line of construction this week, but before that, hello Canada, hello US, and hello UK. And if you haven't been paying attention to the cut line, we can now be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. So if you like what you're hearing, go on ahead and stay up to date with the cut line by subscribing. And if you really like the analysis we're supplying, give us a like. I'm your host, Mike Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter, and we are still in a stretch run where I am picking players that are incredibly low-owned and almost, almost winning. Thank you, Joel Dahman. Now, last week, I was all alone. Abandoned. But this week, my man Zach is back. The Euro trip is over. Lost Marsh Manafort, Zero Iron Zach, Mulligan Manafort, the Triple Bogey Machine Zach Manafort, at EaglesFan83 on Twitter. Zach, I love your back. I missed you. How you doing? Uh, it has been one heck of an experience going. Took, took a trip to Italy with the family. Kind of reliving the whole old college days this time with wife and kids, and it was, uh, I would say, the most memorable trip I've ever been on. It was great. I had a blast. Ate a lot of food. Got a little bit fatter. Hiked a lot. Almost fell off a couple cliffs in Italy trying to do some hikes that are well above my skill and ability, even though they say they're ranked low to moderate. Uh, if you ever get the chance, I highly recommend going. Uh, so much to do, so much to see. Just wish I had more time. Uh, happy to be back on the podcast. Listened to you last week and. Unfortunately, was only able to throw two lineups together, but was on point with your picks, and I can't wait to get back into the swing of things here. How was your week Man, while you, I was out? Two, two lineups. That's, That's it. it? That's it. It's all I had time. They, Wednesday Vacation night. must have been fun. Everything was full when I got back. I got back late Wednesday night. It was like the fifth or sixth iteration of whatever the three max turning was, and I was like, eh, why not just throw two in? Now, now during these hikes, you had the kids in the backpack, you know, those backpack carriers yep. or anything like that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, no no shit. That's why it was hard. Yeah, another 40 pounds. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, well, the cut line can be found on Twitter, at TCutline. And per our usual, as our game grows bigger, so does your wallet. The cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the AT&T Byron Nelson at Trinity Forest Golf Club. We'll do the best we can. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle To give you the, the best truth. opportunity to cash on Sunday. Now we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And now the goal of the cut line is to make sure not only is the lineup in the green, but so is your bankroll. Six of six through is our goal. Low owned plays and better lineups is the end game here at the cut line and go and get yourself some GPP wins. And as always, a special thanks to PGA and Fantasy National for all the stats they provide for golf fans and PGA DFS enthusiasts. Fantasy National is helping plenty of players make optimal DraftKings lineups, and they're making players that don't use Fantasy National on the wrong end of the flagstick. How are your lineups doing? But before we jump into the Byron, how did your two lineups fare last week at the Wells Fargo? They were great. I mean, I used most of your picks. I had some Rose. I had some Fowler. I had a little bit of Sabatini. Uh, unfortunately, I also I, I went off the board a little bit on one lineup and took a little bit of, of Luke List, who looked good initially and then kind of tanked at the end. 
and then I had some Webb Simpson and uh, Sean Stefani. So, you know, I 2 x and 3 x on on both my entries, which, because it was like the third iteration of that GPP, didn't amount to much. But a, win, a winning week's a winning weekend, and I'll take it. I'm sure yours were uh, much more profitable than mine last week. It was. It was. You know, it, it could have been much more. I just net, didn't put the nuts together in one single lineup. In the three max, what really hurt was that I had Phil. He was a big miss of mine last week, and so was Chucky Three Sticks. But the call on Domin, I, I, I didn't hear one tout who was high on him, so it was nice that we here at the cut line had him. Um, Justin Rose, Fowler, McElroy, Sabatini, the fate of Jason Day. Yep. I mean, he made the cut, of course, but I, he just didn't play as well as, he, as I thought he would. And, of course, Cam Champ called to fade him, mm-hmm. and, and he was actually pretty popular, surprisingly. And, you know, many others finished in the top 30 from, from who we touted last week. I didn't play any cash, surprisingly, just GPPs, and I ended up going three times. So, so it was a good week, ultimately. Nice. Excellent. But, you know, now we, we fix our gaze on the Byron Nelson. And you, as a DFS player are just going to have to be on your game in order to cash this coming week. And luckily, we're going to make that endeavor easier to accomplish. The Byron Nelson's course history is limited in scope due to the fact that the last year's metrics are the only ones we have for the Trinity Forest Golf Club. Yet, we can note that this course plays similar to those link-style courses found in Scotland with plenty of humps and bumps, native grasses in the rough, and approach shots that are going to need to be pinpoint in order to score well. Now, a comparable course would be Course 2 at Pinehurst, which has hosted plenty of majors in the past. And to note, Trinity is nowhere near as difficult as Pinehurst, but it gives DFS DFS players, you know, an image or course to think about. Now, Wise took down this tournament last year. Maybe it's Tony Romo's turn this year? Yes, that Tony Romo, former uh, Cowboys quarterback Tony Romo, is in this tournament. But, Zach, what are the golfers going to be facing this year at Trinity Forest? Well, Trinity Forest is interesting. I, I, I like it because it's right in the middle of the normal PGA schedule and it plays like a Lynx course. It's a weaker than normal field this week. Out of all the golfers in the field, only Brooks Kepka is within the top 10 of the overall world golf rankings, which means it's going to be pretty weak, so everyone's got a chance here. And, and keeping going further along that, only 30 out of the all the players here, only four of them are ranked above 30. So it's going to be a lot of looking down and digging into stats in the 8K, 7K, 6K range of guys who may not be playing so well, but really have a chance on, on these types of courses that, that could really turn their recent form around into something better. Uh, what we're really looking at here, there's no water on the whole course, so you don't have to worry about that. There's no thick rough, so grip it and rip it guys at strong driving distance are gonna have a bit of an advantage here. The greens are huge, 13,000 square feet. That means the greens regulations are over 77% of the field, so basically everyone and their mother is gonna be hitting the greens, and if you don't, you're pretty much gonna lose. Uh, the rain's been heavy this week in Dallas, so the course is going to play soft, which is going to lead to the guys with driving distance having even more distance and being able to just rip it off the tee. And we should see quite the low-scoring uh, fest here over the weekend. Last year, the cut was minus four. I think we might even see a better score than that be the cut line on Friday. So something to keep an eye on. The only thing that can slow these guys down really is the wind. Uh, there's not a lot of trees around the course, so if the wind does pick up, uh, we could see that as being a, a tiebreaker if you guys are selecting guys off the tee, uh, depending on their tee times come uh, Wednesday night. Uh, right now, it's not really looking like there's that much of a difference between Thursday and Friday morning being the worst of it, with gusts in the mid to upper 20s with sustained winds around 10 miles an hour, but it's early in the week, so we'll probably see that fluctuate and hopefully shake out a clear advantage to one grouping or another that may help you uh, kind of differentiate which side of the wind you want to be on. Uh, but that's what I'm looking at this week for as far as how the golfers affect the course. Uh, when it comes to key stats, uh, I think you've, we're pretty much in line. I think we've got a lot of the similar ones for me. I'm looking at GIR's gain because if you're not hitting greens, you're not going to even cut, make the cut this week. Uh, I'm also looking at par 4 scoring in the 400 to 450 range. Uh, there's six holes on this course that fall within that out of the 18 holes. Uh, so that's going to be a big one for me. Strokes gain par 5s is where all the scoring usually comes in. Birdies and eagles are huge here, and if you're scoring on par fives, you're definitely going to put yourself ahead of the field. Uh, for the shorter hitters, proximity 200 plus, you're going to see a lot of those ranges coming in from their second and th- or third shots. Uh, so guys that are shorter hitters, I'm really focusing in on that proximity over 200. Uh, strokes gained approach, uh, birdie or better gain because of the birdie fest we're anticipating here. And then strokes gained on your short game has proven to be, and the limited data we have from last year is uh, a big one. 
Uh, so those are the stats I'm looking at this week. Uh, how about you, Mike? What you what are you looking at for this week? You know, I haven't really narrowed it down in my private model, but in my fantasy national model, I'm really looking at opportunities gained, uh, birdie or better gained, and greens and regulation, par five scoring, eagle scoring. This is a scorer's course, and I really want those course horses. Sounds like I'm a rhymer, but um, you know, approach, putting, proximity, birdie or better gained, opportunities gained. I think these are all key to ripping this course apart. I, I'm willing to take risks on guys who can just light this course on fire. One thing to note in terms of green and regulation percentage, only two players in last year's top 10 were outside the top 20 in GIR for the tournament. So I think green and regulation percentage is key. One stat that I know I'm going to be looking at in my private model is birdie or better percentage from the fairway. Yeah. And the reason is the fairways are just hit at a tremendous rate on this course. Um, I think getting more specific with scoring is a great way to gain leverage to the field. So that's what I'm looking at here in terms of my key stats. But we're going to move on to our birdie or better segment where we break down each tier of golfer based on DraftKings pricing. Zach and I will provide our favorite plays, pivots, and fades for this week's tournament. And we're going to start off with the 10K range. Zach, why don't you get us rolling? So I'm going to drop down. I got two guys in the 10K range I'm looking at this week, and I'm going to start with my favorite, and it's Mark Leishman at 10K. Uh, Runner-up here last year. Uh, been playing some kind of shaky golf recently when you look at his recent form. Uh, he came 58th in the RBC Heritage, 49th at the Masters, and then he missed the cut, the players, in his last three events. Uh, I actually really like that a lot, and I hope that those poor performances really actually lower his ownership when he comes into this tournament. He got second here last year, and if you go back to 2018 and you look at his recent his form coming into that week, he was also doing the same poor performances as well. And I think that's because this course is so different than the ones they played before and after. It really helps to throw off some people that might be just looking at their recent form. Uh, if you just narrow it down to his last 24 rounds on Bermuda courses, similar to this with slow or averaged uh, speed greens, he ranks first in strokes gained short game, fifth in birdie or better, ninth in strokes gained on par fives, and 11th in approach. Uh, for me, he grades out ninth overall on all the key stats I'm looking at, and combined with his recent form, putting, and the driving distance, he grades out number two uh, for me overall in my mixed condition model on Fantasy National. Uh, for me, uh, Leachman's going to be a centerpiece of my lineups, and I think if I'm going to do stars and scrubs is going to start with leishman and then i'll see what i hope other one people go up to wise or they go up all the way to brooks uh, but for me leishman is my number one pick in the 10k range by a long shot and, and only second to maybe stenson uh what do you think about leishman this week i like leishman this week he ranks number five in my fantasy national model and you know he, he is going to be popular he finished in second place last year and i mean he was 10 strokes under after his first round uh, you know, overall, my fantasy national model, he's third in approach, second in birdies are better gained, third in strokes gained tee to green. And he's he's just going to be aggressive attacking the flagstick and is a nice fist for the course. But, you know, Trinity doesn't really favor a type of golfer. I think a lot of people are going to say play bombers, but that fairway is so open and the greens are so massive that it's not necessarily going to be an advantage for a bomber unless that course stays wet. But I just think Leishman's strengths really kind of lend themselves to success here. So I like Leishman as well. Another guy that I like is Henrik Stenson at 10,300. So now he played well last weekend with the exception of putting. You know, over five strokes gained overall, over six strokes gained on approach. If he's dialed in on his approach shot, it's going to be a long day for the rest of the field if he gets that putter hot. My favorite stat, though, on Stenson is that he's first in the field in approaching the green as well as first in ball striking, which we know it's an approach shot course, and Stenson is that type of player. At 10-3, I'm hoping he's low-owned because he hasn't been in great form. But what do you think about Stenson? Yeah, I think Stenson, he, he's one of my, the guys that I haven't really looked at, but he does fit the course so well. Uh, you're right, his approach game has been on point. I mean, last week he gained six six strokes on approach. We could have four that. Uh, before the Masters at the Valspar, he had seven. His approach game's on point. He's dialed in. As long as he's hitting close to the pin, I don't think you have to worry about his putter as much. Uh, as long as he can overcome that, I think he's easily got a chance to top five this thing, and if not, win it. I mean, he's he's a, he's a professional here at Lynx-style courses. I mean, he's crushed the Open, the U.S. Open. He knows how to play in these conditions, and he's definitely a solid pick and priced appropriately here. 
Yeah, if I go with my stars and scrubs, he, that's where I'm starting. Is with Stenson. Yeah, I, I love him as a play. Um, you know, continuing on in this range, the next guy, he's 11K, and many are going to argue that it's just too much money. And a big part of me wants to agree, but I just don't think there's a better leverage spot here than for Matsuyama. He let lineups down last weekend with a 31st place finish. You know, and that was a course that really fit him well. But in this field, in the last 100 rounds, he's ninth in approach, second in opportunities gained, 18th in birdies or better gained, third in the last 100 rounds in ball striking. I think Matsuyama is in a great leverage spot because no one's going to pay up for him. If you can get him at under 10%, Matsuyama is a lock in GPPs just to gain leverage to the field. You like you like Deki? I'm not, I can't pay 11 for him. I'm in that range of people that is just not going to I can't can't do it for 11k. Um I know he got what 18th here last year. I don't know. To me I just don't I'm not comfortable paying that high for That's if, 16th here last year. Oh, 16th. Guy. All right. Yeah, 16th. Yeah, it was in the teens. If I'm going up that high at 11 and I'm just looking for a leverage play and I and I hate to say it, but I cuz I've been against it for weeks, but I would say Jordan Speed. Oh, man. I mean, he is a leverage player. Right now I got him at less than 6%. Exactly. So, so if you're going to go up to, for, for leverage only, I, I, I go speed. God, how, why are we changing narratives here? He's my guy. i got to knock this off. I hate it when I saw him come up. as He he ranked up for me on the key stats alone that I'm looking at as number one. And that I didn't want to see it. And it made me go as deep as I could into it. And if he's going to turn it around before major, this is the place to do it. Like, so you're gonna, yeah, I mean, you're gonna pay down for Spieth instead of paying up for Decky. Oh, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not gonna have much, if any, of Spieth, especially in single entries and three max. I'm just talking solely for MME large GPPs. I would go Spieth over Matsuyama, and I think as the week progresses, you're gonna see that ownership on Matsuyama go up. And I don't, I'm not willing to. I'd rather have the low three to five percent Spieth than the ten to fifteen percent Mats. I think it's gonna be the complete opposite i think Mats Mats is going to go down and i think speed is going to just soar because because this 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 court this this course fits his game he's been miserable off the tee yeah and it doesn't matter here exactly about he doesn't it doesn't matter here but come on i mean think about this like almost three strokes lost off the tee and i know it's not concerning but but if he misses and ends up in the rough he's just going to have a hell of a long tournament now there's not much rough to play with here but if you're going to make holes longer by ba- by by just doing bad drives and, and hitting bad shots, he's going to have a long tournament. Now, it's a way different course um, that I'm going to compare it to. But at the RBC Heritage, you know, his game looked completely lost with the exception of his putting, which is pretty standard nowadays. I'm always about raw strength speed. I, I really am, especially before he gets popular or before he gets his win. I just... I think the trends and models are going to garter Spieth too much ownership in this spot to where I don't want to own him. But again, I am going to have to wait till Wednesday. But right now, Jordan Spieth is my fade in this range. Yeah, I think you do have to wait till Wednesday. It's definitely a purely an ownership play. I mean, Dallas, Texas native, member of the course here, familiar with it in some aspects. Uh, if he comes in under 8%, I'm going to have a fair share of them. If it starts getting up over 10, you're right. I, I, I can't jump on the train with everybody else. But uh, yeah, it just it really depends on ownership on Wednesday night. Well, what, what do we, let's, let's move on. What are you going to do with Kepka? I'm off. I'm not, I'm not paying 11-4 for Brooks. Okay, he's, he's coming off a second at the Masters, sure. Uh, but again, this, this course is going to play different altogether. And, and you look at his stats based on Bermuda courses that kind of line up like this. And to me, he comes in 77th overall. And for 11-4, I'm not paying for a guy that doesn't even rank above the cut line. Uh, can't do it. Uh, his rank's 101st in strokes gained approach in Bermuda courses, 81st in birdie or better. Um, I don't know. Nope. I don't want it. He's got he's, he's really got to win this thing or T4 or better uh, to pay off that salary and keep you in it. And I, don't, I just don't think that's happening this week. Yeah, I think another part of it, it, it it's just kind of a fine tune-up for next week's PGA, right? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we, we've seen this before from Brooks. The, the tournament that's coming up is more important than any tournament he's currently in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we're going to talk about him so much next, next week at, at, at Bethpage Black. But I'm fading Brooks Kepka as well. The, the 11-4 is too much 
for a guy that I don't know is going to be there mentally. Yep. And who isn't really that strong of a putter on Bermuda. So, you know, I'm going to fade Brooks. I'm in the same boat with you in that one. Anyone, you know, anything else you want to add to this 10K range? We covered just about everybody. But yeah. Any of them missed? No, I don't think. Yeah, we, I mean, we hit everyone in a, in a little bit. There's not a lot here. And I, and I think in the, when we get to nines and eights is where the, where the actual tournament's going to be played. Yeah, and it's it's going to be concerning how 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 the rest of the DFS is going to be building their uh, c- compiling their bills. But let's move into that nine K range, and I'm going to start with Aaron Weiss. You know, he's, he was he's going to be popular at nine four. There's little data on this course. He was last year's winner, and that's going to garner some ownership. But this is the time last year when Wise really came into form, and he had his first ever PJ win. Now Wise ranks 21st in my private model and 11th in my fantasy national model. And he's 26th in the field in opportunities gained and 6th in birdie or better. I don't know if he can repeat, but at 9-4, I think he can top 10. What do you think of Wise? Uh, I'm off Wise, and, and I'll tell you why. He's actually my fade of the 9K range. Yeah, he's yeah, so he's yeah defending champ coming off a few weeks. Uh, 18th last week, 17th at the Masters, which is great for, for who he is and how he's playing. I feel like he's going to garner a ton of ownership here. And I'm not confident in him winning and or even getting a top 10. Uh, looking at when he won the Byron last year, he was coming off uh, second at the Wells Fargo a week before that, where he was gaining 13 and a half strokes on the field. And when he won the Byron, he was he gained 16.7 strokes on the field. And those came from gaining 5.6 on putting and six strokes gained approach. And you look at those categories that he's been playing with over the last couple of weeks, he's losing strokes gained on approach and putting over his last 20 rounds. That's a huge red flag for me when that was the reason he won uh, the Byron last year. He, he's not in the right form. He's not. He doesn't even look close to what he looked like last year. Sure, he's playing good golf, and he's a better golfer now than I think he was last year. Uh, but he is not – no way he repeats uh, a 16 strokes on the field here. Uh, but he's not in terrible form. No, and I don't think – 17th don't, at the Masters and 18th last week at the Wells Fargo? Yeah. I mean, come on. No, no. I mean, like last year – he finished second at Wells and then ended up following that up with the win at the Byron. I, I don't understand why we can't consider Wise the, the big steroid user. I not don't mean that seriously. <laughs> he did just put on a little weight, though. I'm but, just saying that he at 9,400 is too much for Aaron Wise at this point. Oh, come on. You know, he missed the cut at the players, but anyone can miss the cut at the players. We're talking about a 40 at the API, 19th at WGC Mexico. That's a good comp. You know, 17th at the Masters and, and 18th at the Wells Fargo. I, I I think he's in play, even at 9,400. He's shown he can win here, re- disregarding the fact that he was playing out of his mind. The fact that we know that that game is in there, it's in that swing, it's yeah. part of his mental approach, he's in play for me. <sighs> he's not for me. I'm off of him. I, I just don't. Last year this time, I, I would agree with you, but... Over the last year on Bermuda courses like this, he's not gaining the rights. He's 59th in par 5 scoring. He's 55th in those 400 to 450 par 4s. Uh, he's 66th in approach on these type of courses. I can't do it. And the last 24 rounds on similar courses like these, can't do it. You're boring, everybody. Nope, not going to have it. Pick, pick Brandon Grace. Go down 200, and let's, let's have a winner. Go ahead. Talk about your boy. <laughs> All right, so Brandon Grace, playing like garbage lately, right? So, yeah, no one's going to look at him. He might sneak under the radar a little bit, especially with Wise right above him. He finished third here last year if we're going to go off uh, similar performances from last year. And like like Leishman, who we talked about in the 10K, he also had a great showing uh, prior to that. So, okay, look at last year. Prior to his third place at Byron, he finished 46th of the players and 24th of the Masters. Uh, and then he came in here and finished third. So, Again, I'm going to run with the theme of just because a guy finished in the 50s or 60s in the last couple of weeks, uh, he definitely has the ability, as long as the stats line up, to turn it all around in top five or even win this thing, as we saw with pretty much everybody else. Um, Looking at the model I've got for him, he grades out number two overall uh, in similar courses over the last 24 rounds, seventh in GIR's gain, third in birdie or better, sixth in the par four, 400 to 450 range, 18th in par five scoring. Uh, his issue is he struggled with putting, but if he can turn that around and hit his approach game, he's easily on top of the leaderboard Sunday. Uh, I'm not hesitating to start my lineups with Grace this week. Uh, I'm also thinking about pairing him with Killa Keith uh, as a dynamic duo, 
to really start off my lineups because I feel like balanced is going to be the way to go this week, and you pair Grace with Keith Mitchell, and I think you've got a great start. You know, before we go into to Mitchell, just to talk about Grace, what I do like about Grace is that he's from South Africa, mm-hmm. and these fairways are the zoysia grass, which is just in abundance in South Africa. So Grace is going to feel really at home and really comfortable on this course. And his poor form is going to lend itself, I think, is somewhat of a leverage play. We're going to have to see where other touts go this week on Brendan Grace, but he's in play for me, too. I think he's a great fit for the course, and even and it helps that his form is so off. Yep. But, I mean, it, it's a perfect opportunity for him, to, for, for him to turn it around. Now, going onward to Keith Mitchell, he was last week's chalk, and this week we're looking at about 24%. Ugh. I'm sure the number might go a little bit down by Wednesday because he's so chalky, but it's important to note that a lot of models are going to love Keith Mitchell's game, but it's for good reason. You know, he's on the low end of the 9K range, right? So you get to squeeze him into a lot of, a lot of lineups, and that's just going to tailor itself to more ownership. Now, in addition, he finished third here last year. Add another check mark to the chalk box right there. Now, lastly, eighth in the field in strokes gained tee to green and seventh in ball striking. Mitchell is a course horse. And has historically played well on link style courses. I'm going to eat the chalk on Mitchell. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you too. And the really place he only really struggles is off the tee and accuracy. And as we've seen, this is that's not an issue here. So he can easily overcome uh, wild drives and if things get out of control. Uh, he's got the distance and the approach game to recover with no real rough to compete with. Yeah, I'm going to be like two to three times the field on Keith this week. I, I'm hoping it doesn't get over 25%, but I'm willing to take a 50 to 60% uh, ownership on Keith if, if it comes to it. I just don't see a way he can fail here. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think Mitchell is a great play for this course, but typically when we get players of this caliber that are going to be that chalky, I do like to be underweight just as a lineup construction format because... You're not gaining much leverage to the field roster in Keith Mitchell, and, and he's not a guy I think can win. Do you agree with that? Really? You don't think Keith can win this course? I think he can. I think he definitely has the ability to win here. I think his game is off enough to where he can top 20. I'm not sure if he's there and just flip that switch to win this tournament. And he is, uh, has he qualified for the Open or the U.S. Open? I think if he does well here, doesn't he make it into the field? I didn't do that research on Mitchell. Which may be uh, another narrative play. I'd have to double-check that. I'm not 100% sure. But I'm almost positive that if if he does well enough here, he gets in. You're probably right. So, you know, another guy in this range that I love this week at 9,600 is Sung J.M. The machine keeps on playing and keeps on playing. And he enters this week as number one in my private model. Now, ironically, he's 46th in my fantasy national model. But just to note, he only has six qualified rounds in my analysis on fantasy national. Now, I faded him last week, and it bit me. This week, with the open fairways, an approach game that currently ranks 40th on tour, ball striking and par 4 scoring, and par 5 scoring that all rank in the top 30 in PGA, I would love him to get the win here. Are you going to have any of Sanjay? I will have no Sanjay, but I will not fault you for picking him because everything you said is completely accurate. The dude just keeps on playing, and he's going to get there one of these weeks. And This week is a, a great week for him. Uh, but 9,600, I'm going to have trouble fitting him in because I'm going to have Leishman, uh, Grace, and Mitchell. I just I haven't been able to figure out a way to make it work with guys that I want to play. And there's a few guys in the 6K range that might make that possible as we as we get closer to Wednesday. It's going to come down to, you know, what the ownership looks like and maybe a pivot play. But if I pivot from anyone off Grace and Mitchell, it'll it'll be to Sungjae. I mean, we value scoring on this course. Sungjae in the field ranks fourth in scoring. Yep. At 3.87, actually tied for third with Merritt. And <laughs> and I, I I think this is a great opportunity for him to get that win. I really do. Yeah, in a weak field, I mean, this is the perfect opportunity. So, now, I do have a fade in this range, and ironically, it's someone I have not faded this year, and that's Roy Sabatini at 9K. 
Now, this is a golfer who last week he paid $7,700 for, and he finished in 49th place. This is the same golfer that for many weeks was below 7K in the 6K range. So it's not to say that his game hasn't improved, but I'm not going to shell out that much of my salary to a golfer that I just don't think can win the tournament. He finished in 13th last year, but 17, he traditionally struggles on Bermuda. Now, a bright spot, obviously, is his recent form. You know, he was just a scoring machine in, in round two last week as he roared back just to make the cut. I love Rory Sabatini, but not at 9,000. I'm not going to play him. He's a complete fade this week. I hope it doesn't come back to bite me, but I'm off Rory. Nope. Load, load up on. I hope everybody loads up on Rory that's not listening to us because I'll have none as well. And to me, he does not. He grades out 76th, 76th for me. Uh, at 7k or 7500 sure take a flyer on him but there's no way i'm paying nine thousand dollars for sabatini just it's not happening yeah all right so let's move on to that 8k range this is absolutely my favorite range there are so many great plays right here and there there are a few golfers garnering massive ownership trends currently in this 8k range but if you name them i like them knox He's the Scottish machine that's going to dominate this link-style course. Palmer, he ranks fourth in my model. Piercy finished in 32nd last year. Long story short, this range is loaded with golfers who can potentially finish top five, top ten. Who do you like in the 8K range? Oh, there's a, like you said, there's so many. And a lot of the guys are link-style specialists from overseas that are just primed for this course. For me, uh, I think one guy who is, I think he's priced a little too high, but I think that might help lower some ownership is our, our friend from the match play, old Lucas Beregard. Uh, I love him. Defe- love him, yeah. Defeated Tiger Woods, helped me, helped me personally make quite a bit of money that week because uh, I had a, a huge amount of them. Ultimately, ended up finishing fourth. Uh, followed that up with a 30th at the players and a 12th at the Honda. The dude was on fire. Uh, he's got a strong driver. Should help him capitalize on this course, especially if it's soft and rains and keeps raining up until Wednesday, which we expect it to do. Uh, you know... I have a hard time fitting him in if I do a lot of the 9K guys. Uh, but as an unknown, I think his, his ownership should be a little bit lower, especially since it's been a couple weeks since his name's been thrown around. Uh, he's shown the ability to have success in the U.S. and against tough opponents and in tough conditions. Um, now he gets to play a link-style course that he's used to uh, in the U.S. Uh, I don't see a reason why he can't make the cut here and have a strong showing on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and I don't want to miss the chance here to be a part of what could potentially be his first win uh, here in a, in a weaker field on a course that really suits his style of play. Now, now he has grown a lot, but are there any concerns about his ability in just a weak field? Like, is he going to be motivated to play this week? He's not the greatest putter. No, he's putting. He's putting on a surface that that technically is his best, but I mean, he doesn't even gain a stroke putting on Bermuda. Looking at his last five, his current form has been poor. Is, should we fade him? I mean, the last time he played was the Masters. He got 21st. The last team, at least, he played on PGA. Um, I like Beauregard. I'm not saying that we shouldn't pay him, play him, but should we be underweight or overweight? What do you think? Honestly, I think the more I think about it and the more I look at it, is I, I think overweight. And I think we've seen, by just looking at the, the finishing history of guys at the Byron, even if they're not in good form coming into the event, if their specialty lies in these type of courses that – they quickly go from a guy who's finished or missed the cut multiple weeks in a row to a guy who finishes top 10, top five, uh, or even second or third. Um, I really don't put a lot of, of weight into recent form coming into this unless the last couple of events they've played have been over in, in Europe and some of the, and some of the link style courses. I, I think Lucas has a huge chance here. Um, and I think he's motivated. I mean, he's going to come out swinging. He, he, shocked everybody at the, at the match play I uh, did well at the Masters I, I haven't seen a w- reason for him to really just show up and not play yeah he was a fade for me at the Masters just being his first time yeah, there exactly. and, and god that bit me in the ass yeah me too I, I mean as much as I wanted to play him first timers at the Masters don't typically do well and he did so I mean I don't see a reason why we should be underweight if anything 8700 the problem is the price for me. 8700 is a little too much. But then again, that might put ownership down to 5 to 8% and at that point, yeah, I think you have to be overweight. Yeah. 
I kind of agree with that. My next play in this range is Scott Piercy at 8,400. Now, what he does, he reminds me of last year's Aaron Wise. All right, he's 13th in my private model and is coming in hot after a third-place finish at the RBC Heritage. Now, he had over seven strokes gained on approach, an amazing 10 strokes gained from tee to green in that tournament. Like, he's not going to break anyone's model. It's Scott Piercy, but the man can have a better finish than last year's 32nd. If we want to look at last, if we even want to consider Aaron Wise's ability last year to win at the Wells and then win here, and look at Piercy uh, getting third at RBC and then possibly win here, I like Piercy, especially at 8,400. I think he'll go low owned. I'm going to buy into that trend. I may not be overweight, but I will have pieces of Scott Piercy. What about you? Yeah, I've got Piercy highlighted as, as a guy I'm going to rotate through a lot. And my only concern with Piercy is his short game has been uh, questionable. Um, he ranks for me on Bermuda courses in the last, uh, uh, I don't know what I have, 24 rounds. It's it's in the hundreds, 102. Um, outside of that, though, I mean, he ranks in the top 10 or top 20 in almost all the key stats. So uh, overall, he ranks fourth for me. So I see the appeal. The short game worries me. Um, but in a weaker field, again, I think Piercy is a, is a great core play, especially 8,400. I mean, that price is perfect for him. Yeah, you know, in my, my mixed condition model, Piercy, you know, he ranks 73rd overall. But in birdie or better, he gained. He's 38th. Opportunities gained, 33rd. I'll take the risk here to get that scoring in those DraftKings points. That's really what I want from this course. You know, it's not going to stop people from getting birdies, eagles, whatever the case may be. You just need your guys to score higher than the rest of the field. I mean, the cut's going to be ridiculous. So I I, I like Piercy's ability here. Another guy I have, and I know you got, is Russell Knox at 8K. What what do you like about him? I think 8K for Russell Knox is is too low. He's a link specialist uh, who's been off the radar a little bit, hasn't played much. Initially, I thought that would lower his ownership, but off of the three or four articles that I've read and the one podcast I've listened to, everyone's on Knox. So uh, his ownership's going to be through the roof. Um, it's going to be chalk. He finished 16th here last year. Um, in his last event, he missed a cut in the RBC Heritage. Uh, doesn't have a lot of notable finishes outside of the 10th at the Waste Management Open, which is almost similar to uh, kind of the layout here with, with the limited rough. So again, that's a it's a corollary course, and he finished his best showing this year has been there. Uh, but again, he just lines up so well here. For 8K, uh, he grades out fifth for me, six in approach, six in GIRs gained, uh, 24th and pretty or better. Uh, he's not long off the tee, but his approach game is 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 better than the tour average in almost every single distance, uh, under 200, which is even over 200. Uh, he's getting 4.3 strokes on the field over his last 10 rounds on shots from over 200 yards. So I'm not worried about his, his uh, driving distance being less than the field. Uh, he's, he's a model of consistency. <laughs> I even went back to look at uh, his last 150 rounds on uh, shots over 200, and he's still gaining 2.6 uh, strokes from that distance. I mean, the dude is just a machine uh, when it comes from approaching from 200 plus. Um, I'm kind of disappointed to see that he's going to be chalk, but I don't see a way I can get away from him. And he probably will end up just being a core lock for me at this point. Well, we knew he would be yeah. chalk. I mean, he just he just fits this course, right? He he grew up playing link style courses. He's yeah. he's twenty fifth in the field in ball striking in my model, fourth in proximity, twenty fourth in opportunities gained. He just has the opportunity to score in this course, and that's what we're really looking for. And it fits his style of play. There's there's no doubt that Knox is going to be chalk, and and I don't see a reason to fade him, unless you want to be you know live more risky than the rest of the lineup builds that other people are making, but. It's good to note what his, uh, what his ownership's going to be on Wednesday. Another guy that I like is Ryan Palmer at 8K. Now, he did not make the cut last year. Repeat, he did not <laughs> make the cut. And that's okay because he's sixth in ball striking in the last 100 rounds. And he ranks 20th overall in my fantasy national model. Now, I do worry about his putting, but this isn't a course where we highly value putting anyway. All right, now he has a chance to score here and utilize those opportunities gained where he ranks 24th overall. I like Palmer. I'm going to be underweight, but I'm going to have pieces of him. Ryan Palmer, what do you think? I'm off Palmer, and 
and it's really because of all the other guys in the 8K range. I have so many that I like already. Um, Palmer was just a guy that fell under the cut line for me. Um, and what really threw it off for me is his short game. It's just not up there. It ranks 143rd for me in the last 24 rounds on Bermuda courses. And the rest of his stats just don't pop for me. He has struggle. He struggles on some of the par fives that he's hit. Uh, he ranks out 73rd on strokes gained in the par fives. Um, his par four scoring on those 400 to 450 range, he's 84th. Uh, he does rank pretty well on birdie or better in approach, but uh, to me, he just fell underneath all the other guys in the 8K range I'm looking at. I don't hate him. I don't think he's a terrible play or a bad play. I just there's other play, uh, so many other 8K range guys that I like that I just can't do it. Well, if it keeps going like this, one of us could have a great week, and oh, the other one's just going to be just <laughs> pissed off. The other. I'm coming and rested. I'm ready. All right. Who else in this 8K range do you uh, do you adore? Uh, let's see. The other guy that I'm looking at is old Chucky Three Sticks. Coming Dear off, God. Yeah, I know he did you dirty last week, and that's why I like him. Coming off a miscut uh, in his last two events, uh, but he finished ninth here last year. He grades out fifth for me overall in a mixed condition model that's taking into account both uh, his length of his drives and his strokes gained to degree over his last 50 rounds on Bermuda courses. Uh, looking at the key stats alone, he ranks 24th, which isn't bad for 8,500. Uh, he's third in par five scoring, which is going to be huge, especially to make the cut. Sixth in par four, 450. Uh, ninth in short game, and 25th in birdie or better. Uh, my only concern right now with him is he ranks 134th in proximity from 200 plus. Uh, which is where all, most of these shots have come, at least over, at least last year. Uh, but with the course being extremely soft, and I think it will just continue to rain, uh, we're going to see um, his ability to use his driving distance and length off the tee should be facing shorter approach shots. Uh, and he's pretty much a lock when it comes to shots from between 100 to 175, where he's above tour average in pretty much every category. Um, so for me, I think this is a great bounce back spot for him. And I think in I'm not sure what his ownership's going to be with the, with all these guys in the 8K range. I got to see how it starts shaking out. Um, but I think uh, 15% I think is about right for him. So I'm not sure. I think I'm just going to match the field on him. I, I don't know. I'm still on up in the air. I might have to come down to his tee time and and see where ownership shakes out. What about you? What do you think about old Chucky Three Sticks? Now for me, I, I'm going to do a small fade of Chucky Three Sticks. I, I will say this. In his career, he has never, ever missed three cuts in a row. He's never done it. Okay. But I, I still want to fade him. You know, it's probably going to come back to bite me, and I'm okay with that. But his game is just on the downswing right now. He's missed the last two cuts. Yep. And they were very two different courses. And part of me is just really thinking he just has that post-Masters Blues you know, and he's just biding his time till next week. I feel like it's a Brooks Kepka situation here. He's gonna focus on the PGA Championship, and let's be realistic, he was playing out of his mind since November. I mean, we're talking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven top twenty finishes. On top of that, you have a few top forty finishes, and no place that is less than thirty fifth until these last two missed cuts. I'm not saying Chucky Three Sticks is tired. What I'm saying is, is he peaked, he's on the downswing, and even if he makes the cut, I don't think he'll be in that top 30 position. That's why I have no interest in Chucky Three Sticks this week. You think he's got, you really don't think he'll be top 30? Look, he's got the upside and he's got, he's a coarse horse, but let, let's say he's the only focusing on the PGA right now. This is a warm up, a tune up, right? He knows that the monsters next week. You think he wants to be here on Sunday? Uh, that's a good point. I don't know. I gotta see how the week progresses with him. If his ownership starts creeping up, I think you're right. It's a fade, but it's absolutely gonna creep up. You look at every model; he's blowing up. Yeah, but he's not. He's not though. He's only in the twenties, mid twenties. Dude, come on. If he's under fifteen percent, I can't fade him. We'll see. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> God, Wednesday can't come quick enough. I can't wait. I I am itching to play. I didn't really have a chance to play at all last week besides the last minute. I am ready. I, I've got it figured out. Well, we're going we're gonna to move on to that 7K range, and I'll kick it off here. One of the guys I like is Jimmy Walker at 7,700. You know, he's eighth in approach in the field, 24th in proximity in the last 100 rounds. 
He's 11th in birdies or better gained and 7th in ball striking. Jimmy Walker ranks 19th in my fantasy national model. Now, in terms of recent form, we're not we're not blown away. You know, 45th at the Wells Fargo, 36th at the Masters, 30th at the Valero, 67th at the Players. But the fact is, he's making cuts and he's sub 8K. I like Walker here. How do you feel? Yep, I'm in on Walker. He was going to be one of my key plays for the 7K range too, and and for all of those reasons. Um, he's been quietly making cuts. He, he fits the course well. And he's another guy here that is easily just going to flip flip it around. Uh, top five finish is easily attainable. And for 7700 he's, he's he's mispriced. He's way too low. 7700 here is is insanity. So I'm sure his ownership is going to be quite high. Um, but I'm all over Jimmy Walker this week. Yeah, I wish he was just a little bit more money. So it would have been harder yeah. to f- like get him in the lineups he is underpriced and it it, i wouldn't say it's egregiously underpriced but i do think though it is enough to sway ownership down i don't know i think how how much ownership is too much for jimmy walker 15 20 i think 10 is too much really i think you need sub 10 if you want to roster oh i thought you meant what his ownership's gonna be oh yeah 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 but that's seven i mean he's I think he's easily eight, nine hundred bucks underpriced. Yeah. I mean, you got guys. I mean, look at all the eight K guys that have no business being up there. Like, no way, Bearguard should be eighty-seven hundred, and Palmer is seventy-seven, or Walker is seventy-seven. Like, there's no way. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's weird pricing, and and who knows? Maybe they maybe they're losing focus because of next week, but. Um, yeah, Jimmy Walker, in play for me, yep. needless to say. But I like Jimmy. Who, who else you got in this range? Uh, for me, starting when I started looking at the 7K range, I, I crossed off a lot of guys, but I started digging into one. Uh, for me, it's Scotty Scheffler. And you start looking at the key stats on Fantasy National and you filter it down to last 24, um, you really only have four rounds that qualify for him. And I think that'll throw a lot of people off when they start looking at m- models and analytics. Uh, so I look a little bit deeper. Uh, he's a guy who's been playing fairly great golf lately on the web.com tour. He lost a playoff last week to finish second. Uh, the weeks preceding that, he had a seventh, a fifth, and a second. Uh, granted, that's at the web.com level, but this isn't exactly a strong PGA field this week. Uh, so it's actually really good, and I think it's a huge spot for Scheffler. Uh, overall, for on the web.com tour, he ranks 12th in driving distance, and he's second in birdie average. Uh, so he's not unfamiliar with scoring and scoring a lot. He's getting strokes on almost approach uh, three strokes per round over the last 10 rounds. Oh, and let's see. He's also from Dallas, so he knows the the course in the area. Uh, Count me in on a guy who is unknown to most people and is playing in an event against what I would consider a pretty weak field or a strong web.com field uh, on one of the easiest courses on tour. Uh, I'm going to have a ton of Scheffler. I think he's going to be lower owned if uh, easily sub 10%, and I will be easily i'm saying i'm going to be 30 to 40 percent on scheffler and it'll either crush me or i'm going to win all the money i hope you're right (laughs) i mean you sold scheffler to me the one thing i like about him is that he finished uh what was it 20th at the valero yeah oh yeah i forgot all about that yeah 20th at the valero (laughs) and i i still think he's going to be popular though i I don't think he's as sneaky as you hope oh no way who's talking about him nobody oh there are plenty of touts who are going to be talking about Scotty Scheffler like he's some secret guy, like they've never seen the web.com tour. Uh, I disagree. I think I, he comes I, in sub 10%. I bet you he comes in at 12%. All right, I'll take it. Whatever you want, I'll bet it all. My whole DraftKings crown bankroll. Your DraftKings crown bankroll? What is that, like five? <laughs> Considering I'm cashing them all in this week? Uh, yeah, it's about zero. <laughs> Worthless. <laughs> Worthless. I mean, I'll, I'll keep taking your money. That's fine. That's all I do. We'll see. So, so all right. Next guy in the 7K range I really like is Dylan Fratelli at 7,500. Mm-hmm. Now, this is more of a gut feel. And let's be honest. It goes against my entire approach in DFS. I'm way too analytical too often to go on a limb of saying, oh, I got a gut feeling about a guy. But look, he's 32nd in my private model. But what sold me on the gut is the fact that he's from South Africa. So he's going to be used to those spongy Zonia fairways. And at the Wells Fargo, he plays 24th. So he's got some good recent form coming in. Other than that, 
I really don't have much to add about Fratelli. I mean, I like I said, this is a gut play, and here's to hoping that he has success. Now, if you do a deep dive on my mixed conditions model, there's only two rounds, and it, it's just not enough to make any qualified decision making. But one thing I do want to point out is that Bermuda is his best putting surface, and he does almost gain a half a stroke in in terms of difficult round or easy rounds. In his last five, he's had 2.8 strokes gained total and where he's only struggled with putting, and he's barely, barely, barely lost .3 strokes putting. So, 24th at the Wells Fargo, 42nd at the Valero. I like Fratelli here. It's interesting. I actually hadn't looked into Fratelli. He didn't He didn't jump off to me, uh, and mainly because when I pulled him up on Fantasy National and put him in the stats, it, I got the big red 103 next to birdie or better gained, and I was like, oh, not a scorer. Um, so I really have to look into that a little bit more that you mentioned some of those those stats that I hadn't looked at. Uh, because of the price for 7500 uh, I was off for Telly because I'm on Berger right below him. Uh, but I see some of the appeal and the small sample size might be throwing some of the models off. Yeah, I like Berger too, but it's Berger's a name that everyone loves to I know. play. But he's first in strokes gained par 5 and second in birdie or better on these types of courses. I mean, if you want to score... He's got the he's got the the goods to do it. He does, and right now I got him at sub eight percent ownership. So. Oh I, yeah, I'll take Burger all day at that point. Uh, More who else burgers. Got, who else you got in this range? Oh, all in the seven five. I mean, that's really it for me in the seven K range. I don't have a lot of interest uh, in the seven K guys. Most of them to me are all up in the eights. If I had to pick one more, I think I might go with Nick Watney here. Uh, he ranks out fifteenth for me. Um, Mainly because he's 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 his approach game's on point, but his birdie or better is only 58th. He's not really gaining strokes on par fives. Um, I don't have a lot of interest in most of the other 7K guys. Do you got anybody else? Yeah, I was going to mention Sam Burns. You know, he ranks yeah. 15th in my fantasy national model. He's 15th off the tee, 20 in, in you know strokes gained tee to green. He's 18th in opportunities gained, but he's only 50th in birdies or better gained, and that that kind of concerns me. Um, but he's 25th in approach, so he's someone I might consider this week. I haven't really made up my mind on him. But other guys like Russell Henley, Brian Gay, uh, you know, Watney, like you mentioned, Austin Cook, I think these guys are, are going to take a deeper dive, things you need to take a look at. I mean, Brian Gay is ninth in the field in birdies are better gain. Yeah. Russell Henley is 5th in birdies are better gain. But I would be... I'm actually going to do this. It's done. It's decided. I'm going to have an all 7K lineup because <laughs> I need to figure out how to diversify, and I don't care how much I'm leaving on the table. We're rolling it out there, at least for four lineups in my 20 max, and I'm not going to be objective to it. You know what? That's how you win. You gain leverage to the field. And it's not a bad idea. I mean, this is the week to do it. You're not going to have any elite guys running away with the, with the course this week, and I think – you're going to see some crazy lineups and crazy guys at the top of the leaderboard, which is going to make salaries pretty much irrelevant at this point. Yeah. You know, if I had to fade anyone in this range, it's, it's Seamus power. Yeah. He had a cut last year and he is really, in my opinion, he's just overpriced and he's playing too well for a golfer of his caliber. And now I'm not a guy that's opposed to recent form, but I have a hard time thinking that this top 15 streak continues with a guy who since January has had seven missed cuts. <laughs> So, as great as he looks right now, I don't think that streak continues. I want no shame as power. Um, anyone else in the 7K range you like, you hate? Uh, a guy I'm not going to play is Affy Barnrat. I mean, the guy shows up at majors and makes, makes some noise, but when he's in events that aren't majors, he's missing the cut. Uh, for me, I, I'll roster old Affy when it's a, when it's a big a big show like the masters or the open or wgc where he's shown that he can play but for whatever reason he just does not perform well at all on these types of courses right before majors yeah all right well let's move on to that 6k range why don't you kick it off with us uh for me i think 6300 nate lashley is the guy i'm going to go to a lot when it comes to guys i need to squeeze in to get some cheap guys uh, he's going to suffer a little bit from the rain making the course soft because he's not a huge hitter. He's not really long off the tee. But he makes up for that by being extremely accurate on approach shots from 200-plus. He grades out second in the field over the last 24 rounds. He's also fifth in GIR's gain, 19th in birdie or better. Uh, he's coming off two missed cuts before 45th at the Wells Fargo last week. 
Uh, he has the ability to put together four solid rounds. 6,300, he makes the cut. You don't need him to do anything else. Uh, he does definitely has top 20 upside here in a weaker field. Um, I think initially he was one of my favorite plays at 6,300. Uh, I've got a couple others, but Nate's probably going to be one of the one of three guys that I rotate through a lot of the, the big GPP lineups for me. Uh, what do you think about Nate? Yeah, Nate, for me, he, he doesn't rank incredibly high. He's only 47th in my fantasy national model. What I do like is he's 12th in Prox, and he's 26th in strokes gain T to green. But I'm not looking for cut makers this week. I'm looking for scorers, and that's why I don't like Lashley. You know, he's not going to blow you away. And you really need those guys who are just going to blow this course up. I mean, it's such a scoring week. So I, I, I'm not going to be on, uh, on Lashley. But one guy I am going to be on is my guy, my favorite name to say in PGA, Cameron Tringale. Tringale. At 6,800. Look, 32nd in my fantasy national model. And like I stressed, scoring. He's 16th in birdies or better gained in the last 100 rounds. He's 27th in opportunities gained. Now, he struggles off the tee, but guess what? You can absolutely suck off the tee at this course and still have success. Love Cameron here. Love his name. <laughs> yeah, I see I see the appeal. Uh, a little too much for me at 68, right? He's 6,800. Yeah, no, I can't do it. I don't think my problem is going to be is I'm going to have to try to force guys in that are lower 6Ks. Why? Because I'm gonna have I'm gonna have too many nine low nines high eights. I can't wait till my seven K range when or seven K lineup wins the GPP because like it is just chalk city for you. All right, it's who not, else in the who I'll else? Tell you. All right, you want a low on guy that no one's gonna own? I will. Give I want it. your yeah. I want your secret stud. Let's go. <laughs> All right, let's see if I can find him. Where did he go? Oh, there he is, Martin Pillar, at the bare minimum of six K. Uh, he is a monster, and no one is going to talk about him at all. Uh, Nor should they. And they, sh- they they absolutely should. So much so that I don't even know where my notes on Martin Pillar went at this point. Uh, <laughs> well, before you continue, let's talk about Martin Pillar at the Wells Fargo. Let's he lost eight strokes tee to green. That's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. He lost five strokes tee to green, but eight strokes total. He lost almost two strokes off the tee, almost three strokes in approach, almost a half stroke in around the green, and almost three and a half strokes putting. In his last 20 events, he has lost strokes in every category except putting. Please, oh please tell me why this man, Martin Pillar, is a secret. I am so mad because wherever all my data went completely disappeared from all my notes, and I'm extremely upset about it. Yeah. But he is on the web. Doc- I mean, heard his- that before. <laughs> he, I'm gonna find it, and I'm gonna let you go for your next guy, and I will be back to tell you about Martin Pillar when I can recover the data that I just lost. Wow, oh, I ain't gonna take long. I mean, it- you better get quick. You know, the next guy I'm gonna take a, a shot at is David Hearn at 6,700. You know, he's the usual hit or miss type player in the 6K range, but he fits the course and he's able to score when his game is on. So, you know, um, looking at Hearn in this range, he, he's not going to necessarily blow you away. But the, the one thing I do like about him is that <clears throat> he he's, 20, he's 29th in opportunities game. Now, he, 49th in birdies are better, and that concerns me. But he's a great ball striker. He's, you know, in terms of his total strokes gains, he's excellent. He's great in proximity. He's great in approach. And those can lend itself to scoring. And at 6,700, I am going to take some low-owned David Hearn. He, he is someone I'm going to take a shot on. You ready? You want me to keep going? No, you keep going for a minute. I got, I'm, I'm building quite the case for Martin right now. All right. So <laughs> next guy is Hudson Swafford, who's actually first in my model in the last 100 rounds in proximity. You know, it's not often that you get a guy in that 6K range, who is number one in any stat. Now, he has recent, his recent form is terrible. But the the intangibles, you know, they, they change up his fortunes probably here at the, at the Byron, I hope. Now, he does rank first in proximity, 36 in opportunities gained, 61st in birdie or better, but 19 in eagles. And I think eagles That's are a key huge. stat that are going to go over 
looked. If he can get Eagles on those par fives, and he's a $6,500 guy, uh, he makes the cut. He gets scoring. I like him. I don't usually take the Swafford kind of narrative chalk that a lot of touts take, but you know he's someone that I'm probably going to be on as long as his ownership is low. So we'll see how that goes. No, I think you're right. Swafford is, is a great play, and, it's, and those Eagles are going to be essential to winning this week. Now, last year he finished in 59th. So he did make the cut last year, so that's promising. But at 6,500, you still want him to do a little bit better than 59th, especially if you want to win GPPs. I, I don't think 59th place is ever going to be in, in the nuts lineup. So you ready? I'm ready. So, so let, me, let me start with this. 2019 web.com tour season stats birdie average martin pillar first at 5.14 so he is leading the web.com tour in birdie average although it's only four events played on the web.com tour sure okay so let's let's switch it up a little bit let's go back to 2018 let me read you these events miscut miscut 24th miscut miscut 21st guess where that 21st was the byron nelson in which he gained 4.7 strokes on the field uh T to green. So he has success here in the past. He is 6K. He can be god awful weeks and weeks and weeks in a row and show up here and not only make the cut, but finish better than most of the people in the field. And this field is weaker than it was last year. To me, he ranks out sixth in the last 24 rounds on birdie, on uh, par five scoring. He's 10th in the field and birdie or better's gain for me. Uh, his GIRS gain is 59th. Okay, not the best. His issue is proximity at 200 plus, but it's okay. It's all right. His short game's 48th. For a guy that's 6K, he's got. He's not only going to make the cut. He is easily has the ability to top 20. And with the top week, 20, he got 21st last year against a harder field. That's not top 20. Okay. He he has the upside for top 20. Dude. He was a blind squirrel that found a nut. Big deal. No way. Okay. All right. So at the shell, the last year he got 24th. Ir- got- ir- irony there. <laughs> he can follow up. A, he can follow up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine events with a miscut, and then get fourth easily. This guy, I will guarantee you, can do better than top 20. He will absolutely. You're make guaranteeing. The cut. I guarantee he will make the cut. No one's going to listen to you now. I don't listen. Don't listen. If he makes the cut, I'm telling you right now, at six at 6K, he'll let you fit in anybody you want. Yeah, I'll throw him in one lineup just for you. I'm going to have... No, what what I, was this guy's name again? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will have at least 10% of Martin Peller. All right. Well, you have fun. Uh, one guy I do want to talk about, and I think he's going to be kind of chalky, is Hank Leviota. Yeah, I agree. Um... Like him or don't? I like him. I, I, I think he'll be chalky, but I do like him here. Yeah, I, I like him too, and it's hard to not like the chalk in the 6K range, but this is such a large player pool with 6K guys. Like, there are a lot of options here. There are. And there are not a lot of good options, but there are a lot of guys that will surprise you, and if you don't have them, I don't know if it's going to make or break you because it's just, this field is interesting. I mean, you got guys like Doug Gim. Uh, Jonathan Bird, uh, who else is jumping off? Just out of scrolling down the names. Well, you had Lahiri finish twenty sixth. Yeah, Lahiri is another one. Jim Herman even is a possibility at six k. <laughs> yeah, Tyler Duncan, another yep. guy we see a lot. And Tony Romo. Don't forget about Tony Romo if you want to be one of the few that misses the cut here for sure. I really, really hope he <laughs> he just gains some some ownership here. Well, somebody's got a roster, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming people will. I mean, it, guys who want to waste money and treat it as a novelty act. But, hey, as my friend Tom says, it's just a dollar. Yeah, well, that's a dollar you can win a GPP with. Tom. That's right. All right, anyone else in the 6K range you like? No, that's it for me. I'm going to be heavily balanced this week. I don't think there's a real need to go Stars and Scrubs, but if I do, it's Martin Pillar. All right, all the interesting lineup builds. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. 
Well, that will wrap up the cut line preview for the AT&T Byron Nelson. We'd like to thank PGA and Fantasy National. And Zach, thank you for actually being in the country this week and helping me out. It made my job a little easier. And I want to thank our listeners for their time and support of the cut line. And if you haven't already, you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Now join us next week as Zach and I break down the second major of the year, the PGA Championship, at Bethpage Black. I'm feeling the fire, Zach. Looking forward to this Sunday's results. Let's go and get them, man. Let's get them. Good luck, everybody.